0: Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination.
1: Good afternoon. Uh, to another podcast. Even uh, with the disability, no big deal. Um, last week we talked about wheel wheelchairs and the type of wheelchairs, like indoor, outdoor wheelchairs. Today we're gonna talk about how to pick a ramp for like your house and different things like that. So, and today our guests are Jennifer Miller and greg mall
2: hi guys hi brad how are you today
0: hi brad
2: hi how are you so i'm greg mall uh sales manager at roller ramp i'm also a wheelchair user um i am a uh pretty high functioning para i have good uh, upper body strength core strength and so i use a manual wheelchair i i am able to get around with uh, loft strand crutches. There, are people call them forearm crutches. But I spend a lot of my time in the chair, so I, I have used uh, the Rolla Ram product before, so I bring kind of a unique pers- perspective to the evaluation.
0: Okay, well, and good afternoon. And I, I'm Jennifer Miller, and I am not a wheelchair user, but I have been working for Rolla Ram for about nine years, doing marketing and sales and various other things. And through my time here, I have learned a lot, um, really a lot about different needs for people in different situations with chairs and ramps and how ramps can be used to help people with various disability needs.
1: And I've I've been uh, with the Roller Ramp up and on for a long time since they started. So
2: I'm the old guy of the bunch. And you've used, the ramps. you've used the ramps in the past as well, Brad. Oh, yes. I was going to like dig
1: minifigs on some of them anyway.
2: Well, I think today we're going to go through a series of uh, questions and uh, kind of question answers about different ways that we can we can uh, learn and be educated about how to go about this whole business of uh right. select a ramp.
0: Yes, and sele- selecting a ramp, that can be something where it, it can be very – Daunting and overwhelming and intimidating. If that's something that you've never done, uh, so today we just wanted to talk about where do you start and what what is the process to help uh, help our listeners um, navigate uh, kind of some unknown terrain. Um, so, Greg, why don't you start out? So, what what is the first thing that a customer should do when um, trying to figure out the correct ramp length, or what do they how how do they begin?
2: Well, that's a very good question, and it is can be a daunting experience if you really haven't got, got a lot of experience. Somebody needs a ramp, might be your aunt or uncle or your daughter or even for yourself. And the first thing to do is definitely not to jump on the Internet and look at how much ramps cost because you really need to get a little bit more bearing on what actually you need rather than how much is the cost and then kind of work it from a more – um foundational spot first so if it's for a home for example uh the ramp can be portable or it can be stationary but regardless it's the same dimensions that we work with as far as trying to calculate what length ramp should be so you really got to be looking at length and width and width is a is a factor that can be determined uh by the type of device that people are using whether they're walking up with a walker maybe they're walking up the ramp themselves or whether they have a power chair or a, a manual wheelchair. So there's a lot of, lot to cover, uh, but it need not be a daunting task. There's just a few key issues to keep in, in mind and you can be well on your way to, to selecting a, the, the correct ramp for your situation.
0: And then I'll just chime in on width. So last time we had talked about different types of wheelchairs. Greg, you are in a, a manual wheelchair, manual push chair. Brad, you have a power chair. So if you are looking for a ramp and it's for a chair, one of the first things that we ask is how wide is the wheelbase? So how many inches is it from the left wheel to the right wheel? Uh, and then that will determine which width ramp that you get the some of the most common widths that we use are 36 inch wide 30 inch and 26 inch Uh, and then from there we can figure out the length that you need as where ramps can be pretty much any length
2: well that's a great point jennifer that you bring up because when it comes to the wheelchairs or the scooters or the device the machine uh really get a get a good idea and put a tape on it uh folks Instead of just guesstimating a lot of scooters, four-wheel scooters, three-wheel scooters, power wheelchairs, kind of the industry standard on those chassis is a 24-inch wide wheelbase. Now, when you look at 24 inches wide, the lengths that Jennifer mentioned, 26, 30, and 36 come into play. Typically, a 30 or 36 is going to be the most common if you're looking at access into a home or a friend's house or, or a building. 30 will be a little bit more portable, because it's gonna be smaller than the 36, but yet it will allow you the room that you need to gain access to the ramp. The 36 inch ramp is the the width that is most common size when you see ramps out in in public areas. Those are most often gonna be 36 inch, and what those can offer is a little bit more leeway on the ramp, so you'll have a little more, as far as inches, on each side of the ramp and we recommend 36 inch a lot of times if the ramp is going to stay in place maybe for you know a week or two weeks or maybe even long term and for one that's more of a bang about portable ramp the 30 inch seems to fit the bill. Does that kind of make sense guys? Yeah I would say so. so oh go
0: ahead Brad. The... I know
1: when, when you're Thinking about getting into a public space, most of the time the door is, you know, you always worry about if you have to make a corner or something like that, or, you know, going down you have to make sure that uh, your wheels line up. With the 36 inch, you don't really have to worry about that as much. I mean, with the local, your private house, you getting into a garage situation, like if a ramp is in the garage, you have to make sure you got something you can, if you have to make a turn to get onto it, that that it might be a useful tool too, but uh, I use a 30 inch ramp when I go visiting, and I, I go up and then I back back down. I never go frontwards down the ramp because if it moves or something a little bit or a little bit wet or something like that it's a lot safer going backwards because sometimes people with CP lose their upper you know because I'm top heavy because I'm tall I always worry about falling on my face so I always go up and down. Well, and that's
2: a great point, too, about having a ramp in the garage because I have a ramp in my garage and I only have about three feet before the end of the ramp and the service door. So if I'm coming up to the ramp with my wheelchair or a scooter, I'm Mm going to more likely be able to turn that corner and get onto the ramp with a 36-inch ramp. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a 30-inch ramp, you have to go more straight onto the ramp in other words, if I tried to come in at an angle, I might get part of the wheels on the ramp, but then the back wheels will end up actually going over the side rails of the ramp there and kind of make it not as smooth. So for that reason, 36 can be very popular. Yes.
0: Okay, so then what, I, what I'm understanding is that oftentimes power chairs can go up ramps that are a little bit steeper than manual chairs But how does one, how would somebody figure out how long of a ramp they need? Let's say someone called and they said, I have four steps in front of the house. Help me out. What do I, what's the best ramp for me?
1: First, first, you find out what kind of, this is what I would do. I would ask this question. How how much of an incline can your power chair go up? Can it, it go up 10? 10% 10% or 8% or what, you know, because my chair goes up a 10% incline. So that will tell you that, you know, as far as the incline, is, it, it should make it easier to get up, you know, that's three or four steps. Then you have to, manage. if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Ball, but you have to, you shouldn't be able to measure, you know, is it a, is each step about a foot?
2: Well, that's a great question because uh, oftentimes people will call in and provide the number of steps if they don't have an ability to measure the steps. Uh, what we like to do is, back to your, your question about one of the first things you should do, Jennifer, is, is uh, the two questions that are normally asked are what are you trying to accomplish or how are you using the ramp? And then that'll give us an idea of the angle that you can use. And secondly, what is the vertical rise of your uh, site? And vertical rise is just what's the difference between the ground and the landing. So in other words, if you measured each of the four steps and added it all together, or whether you just went from the bottom straight up to the top, that would give us an answer as well. At each step, you can figure on average is going to be seven and a half inches. So if we had Four steps, we would likely be in that 30 inch high range. Now, what's the right length? That's not going to be the same for everybody. Whereas, if I'm in a manual chair and I get, I uh, motivate myself up, I'm going to need a ramp a little bit longer, which is be a little less slope than Brad, who has a jazzy power chair and can get up something because it's powered. It's got a motor on it. So he doesn't have to use his arms and strength to get up the ramp. So what we typically do is we'll have folks give us, like Brad had alluded to, kind of the site layout. Uh, if they can provide even a couple of pictures, that's been very valuable for Jennifer and I to, to get a handle on uh, what the what the layout of the site is. And if we have the number of steps or the number of inches, and then we'll have an idea of number one, what the site looks like. So what we can put in there for a ramp. And then we also have the vertical rise. And so that very important question that we ask, how are you planning to use the ramp specifically? For example, you may tell us that you have a, a person who will be in a manual chair and you need to assist that person up the ramp. And so Nothing in the business is really cookie cutter because it is unique, but there are a lot of slopes. There's, there's one slope or two slopes that will kind of fit the bill for a wide range of applications. And when I say that, uh, one quick way to get a rough gauge of the length you want is you take the vertical rise. In this case, let's say it's 30 inches, four steps, and we divide that number by two. So why do we do that? Well, ADA would state that for each inch of rise, you have 12 inches of ramp. So in our little story problem, we would have a 30 inch height and the ADA length ramp would be 30 feet. Now this oftentimes is not practical or for uh, for space or for budget. And so ramps that are not permanent ramps on commercial property, but rather portable ramps, you can get by with a ramp length that is shorter and ultimately will save money and space in the yard. Yes. And that 30 inches divided by two gives us a 15-foot ramp. So rather than have a 30-foot ramp, we have a 15-foot ramp. And that ramp would be a good, sci- a good length slope ramp for Brad to get up in his power chair, somebody to get up on a stage with a power chair or a scooter. And in many cases, it would fit the bill for somebody who is assisting somebody in a manual chair. And that's not always the case because, for example, if you have somebody who, say, is uh, a large person in the chair and a medium to small person doing the assisting, Then you can see where that 15 foot ramp might be just a little bit too burdensome to push that person up there. So we back that down and we divide by 1.5 and get a seven degree slope. So the lower the number, the more gentle the slope. So an ADA slope is 4.8 degrees. And so if we had our 15 foot ramp on a 30 inch incline, just the height divided by two that's going to get us in the ballpark of where we need to start and then we can ask you know more specifically of how you plan on using it to either decide if we can lengthen or shorten the ramp from there.
0: Okay. So oh, can, and I'll just maybe chime in so you, you talked about lengthen and shorten the ramp I was wanting to mention that so one of, the, one of the unique things about the roller ramp is that With the modular construction, you, I'm understanding right, Greg, we can literally like make a ramp longer and shorter, right? By adding and removing links.
2: Yeah, great point, Jen, because she just, you just described it as a module ramp where you think of modules or links that are all connected together in series to make a ramp. So, for example, if you do uh, go through an evaluation, And you find that maybe your ramp should be just a little bit longer because of the modular construction. You can actually add length to the ramp by just ordering additional links that are sold in one foot sections. Each link is six inches. And so we build a one foot section and then the, the person can just put the the section on themselves without a professional. And then they also are not having the hassle of having to, to ship the ramp back and to get something else as well. So it, it can change with your situation and it can change with you in that in that front.
1: I have a question. How many pounds how many pound
2: capacity does the
1: ramp hold? Roll the ramp?
2: Well, uh, we have a standard listing, Brad, of a thousand pounds or four hundred and fifty-five pounds kilograms of weight capacity now that is for uh, ramp lengths that are up to eight or nine feet span without any supports on them and then once we start getting into the little longer lengths, then we go ahead and have ramp supports support stands so the thousand pounds still holds if you have a 12 foot ramp and a pair of ramp supports that are on the ramp then you'll still realize that thousand pound capacity, Brad. So go up to say 18 feet and now you have two pairs of stands and the ramp still would then maintain its listed weight capacity.
1: Very good information. Thank you.
2: Now another good question might be, how much does the ramp weigh?
0: Yes, that that's something that's a common question that we get. Um, how much does the ramp weigh? Because people will want to know if they can carry it and just how portable is it? Uh, so of course the that answer depends upon the size of the ramp that you have. But for a couple of numbers just for reference is the a 36 inch ramp is going to weigh approximately seven pounds per foot. Um, so if you had a, a eight foot long 36 inch wide ramp, uh, that would put you at about 55 pounds. 30 inch wide ramp, uh, six foot long, that would put you at about, excuse me, I think I said that wrong. The <laughs> mm-hmm. 36 wide, eight foot long is 53 pounds. 30 inch wide, six foot long is 34 pounds.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: it- 26 wide is gonna be about uh, five and a half pounds per foot. So the weight again depends on the the size that you have. One of the the neat things, though, is that longer ramps can be split down into uh, two or three shorter sections so that uh, one person could move them if they they need to. So great questions, Brad. Yeah,
2: that brings up a key point that you bring up, Jennifer, about uh, one of the unique features of the roller ramp being able to be split into multiple modules for uh, setting up, storing, and transporting. And so, since they are developed in links, and they're bolted together in series, we have these connect pins so that uh, if, for example, you have a 12-foot ramp and you can't carry a 12-foot ramp, you could either roll up that 12-foot ramp, put the strap around it that's included, and put that on a dolly and transport it, or you could simply split the ramp into two modules, an upper and a lower. And each ramp is then going to weigh half as much as the as the full ramp. So in this case, you know, probably thirty five to forty pounds, something like that, where it gets down into the realm where it is it is very portable when you have it, where it's splittable into separate sections. Does that make sense, Brad? Yes,
1: and up on up on handrails. I mean, let's say we have. Uh, oh, we have one side against the wall, one into the house, from the garage, but you need one on the outside. How much are handrails? How long can you get them?
2: Well, that's a great question, Brad, because handrails are something that can be, you can be put on one side of the ramp. So you can have the ramp with the rail on one side or the other. They, they aren't left and right rails so that you can interchange them left or right. You could put rails on both sides of the ramp, and the length really is depending upon the ramp. For example, if you have a 12-foot ramp, there's a couple things that you can do to get a rail. One is to get a continuous rail that runs the length of the ramp, say a 10-foot length rail, and that would be on one side. In instances where the ramp will be more portable, we oftentimes put or use shorter rail sections, Brad. For example, we might have two five-footers or a five-footer and a four-footer on one side as opposed to a long 10-footer. And in that case, the ramp rails do not need to be disassembled. They can be removed off of the ramp as a, as a completed section. Whereas the 10-foot rail, if you didn't have the space to store it, you could still disconnect the connectors from the tubes and put it into two pieces. but it's a little more time-consuming, so it just depends if somebody's going to leave the ramp up as a stationary ramp. They could probably get by with the the longer ten-foot rail on there. Somebody who's portable wants to be able to go ahead and be on the go with those.
1: Yeah, can you um, get them uh, where they end your loop?
2: Ah, uh, yes. The standard issue is the straight ends, a ninety-degree end rail. It's the mo- it's the economical. F- um, option. And then you can upgrade and you can have loops on one end, Brad, or both. So if I had a situation where I only needed a loop on one end to grab, and I had a, a porch rail on the top already, then I would only need a handrail loop on one end. But they are available for both ends of the rail. And in that case, those actually extend the coverage of the rail a little bit further along the ram.
1: What are, what are the rails made of?
0: Uh, well, both the handrails and the ramp are made out of aluminum. So they will not rust or corrode. You can leave them outside in all weather conditions, rain, sleet, snow, not, not a problem to leave it outside. And the, the ramps, they are a sixty sixty one aircraft aluminum. And that is what gives it the excellent strength to weight ratio.
1: Okay. Has there ever, has there been any, let me change that. What's the, uh, what is there, what type of warranty is is on the ramps and on the rails?
0: Fantastic question. Uh, Roller ramp offers a 10-year warranty on the ramp. Uh, Greg, do you want to talk a little more about that?
2: Yeah, we offer an unconditional 10-year warranty in the, in, the medi- in the medical access if it's used for wheelchair access. Uh, so in other words, the design is such that if you were to damage the ramp, it's likely that there would only have to be one six-inch link sent out to you, and the ramp is not left to be unusable. You know, if you have a ramp type where you have a number of uh, metal sheets and they're welded together, in that case, then you would probably have to find a metal welder. So it is kind of nice to have that modularity as far as the rails go. Those are an anodized aluminum and uh, they are a lightweight rail, yet they're very sturdy. They have uh, couplers and then they have a handrail bracket that connects to the ramp, which is very heavy duty. And so we really don't have any warranty claims about the rails because um, you know, they stand up to a pretty rugged uh, environment. But of course we would warranty those if something were to go wrong. I just, can't think in, in my mind where we have had to warranty a rail order. So that must be must be a good design.
1: Yeah. This is a, must be really good because I've never heard of any ramp company ever other than Rolleramp to have a 10 year warranty on their stuff. I mean
0: to the best of our knowledge, there aren't any other companies that have an equal or better warranty on their ramps.
1: Wow, I mean that's um that's unbelievable because that's a very important thing to think about when you're purchasing a rav too is the warranty. You know, it's that's, that's very important and uh, well,
0: and it's a big investment. I mean, it, it is, a, and so you want to know that it's going to last you for as long as you need it and beyond.
1: Yes, and so you know that's that's the unique. You guys uh, market it that way as a very unique uh, warranty, or do you, or is it just something you just decided to do, or what?
2: Well, we put it on all of our packaging and all on all of the marketing materials so people can see that unconditional 10 year warranty logo. Where there's a lot of companies that will offer a lifetime warranty, but it will be a lifetime limited warranty, and so oftentimes, uh, you know, you, pardon me.
1: What's the difference?
2: Well, a limited lifetime warranty is something where oftentimes you must either send pictures or the actual ramp system back to the manufacturer. And then they will decide what percentage of the damage, if they will or, or won't cover it. And then you have to, of course, have it shipped back and, and reset up. So uh, we we have a kind of a no-quabble warranty, actually, just because of the simple fact that we don't get a lot of warranty claims, so if, if there is an issue of a link that may become bent during the time of the use, then we'll simply exchange out that link for a customer, and it gets him right up back and, and running.
1: Okay, I I have another question. Um, you see on decks, a lot of people use wooden ramps. you guys use your ramps for like decks and stuff like that?
2: Well, yeah, the, the ramp can be used, first of all, let's just put it out there that portable ramps like, like ours and like others on the market can be used for accessing decks uh, or steps or friends' homes uh, with or without steps. Maybe they just have a threshold or a sill, stages, which would be any, any kind of a landing. So there's some similarities that, but let's talk about maybe the different types of materials Uh, that wood or that uh, ramps come in because oftentimes we are asked, you know, what should I do? I'm in the market, I'm looking for a ramp, I see all these materials and there are pros and cons to each material. For example, for permanent ramps, wood is a very popular choice and wood is a good product. You know, it looks nice, it's sturdy. One of the downsides about uh, wood is that it does need maintenance because every so often every year or two years, you're going to lose a lot of that protective finish. So you're going to have to do some maintenance on that to go ahead and solidify the ramp or to, or to treat the ramp. Another type of material out there is called an expanded mesh. Now that's a steel product. That's just an extended expanded mesh. And those are going to be permanent, more permanent or stationary. They're not really meant to be too portable because they are steel. They're going to be likely heavier than an aluminum ramp. And you have to look at things about where you're at. For example, rust. On any painted steel ramp, you're going to encounter the possibility down the years of of rust. Where aluminum, um, you're gonna have a product that's not going to rust. It's going to be more than likely a little lighter than other materials such as wood or steel. And the maintenance factor is removed. You don't have to do the maintenance that you would otherwise with another product. It retains that integrity that's extruded right into it, as far as the traction, and the surface, and the nice, uh, the nice visual quality.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, and I think it's you were talking about the 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 one wrap the mesh style where the you know that's where the there's a bunch of holes in it where water can goes through. For what I understand, same with the roller ramp has the same thing, but they have little little grates, right? So the water can still go through or the snow can melt and the water can go through there.
2: Yeah, the profile is, uh, it's actually got slots that are punched along the width of the link. So there's a number of slots in there that allow for, it's twofold. They allow for drainage. They allow for debris.
1: And traction. uh,
2: easy to clean, yeah, and for traction. And then also they help for grip as well. It helps for shoes, it helps for uh, tires of wheelchairs. Each tread has uh, ridges on them, or horizontal raised ridges on them. And that helps if there's any debris on there as well. But the open profile does help for snow, ice, rain, so that you can still maintain some, some safety and security on the ramp in those conditions.
0: One other thing I want to mention um, just about the ramp, the the roller ramp and being portable, uh, that's really neat is that because it is a portable ramp, even if even the long one's at 20 plus feet with handrails, uh, it's still portable, it can be taken down. And the great thing with that means that you do not need to get a building permit to put one of these ramps up outside your home. So it's a much quicker process And sometimes people need a ramp and they know they don't need it for, you know, forever and ever. And once the ramp is no longer needed, they can take it down, gift it to somebody, donate it, sell it. And because they didn't build a ramp, it was as if there was never a ramp there. So it, it makes it much easier in the process to not have to get that building permit and change the permanent structure. Of the house, uh, you put the ramp up when you need it. You take it down when you don't need it.
2: That's such a. Those are, those are two key issues that you bring up about the, about the permit and then uh, about the end of end of ramp life. The the building permit is such a big thing these days because if you're in New York or if you're in California and there's a lot of states where if you're going to build a ramp most places you are going to require a building permit, which it's not impossible to get. They do take a little bit of time and then a little bit of a cost involved to that. And then once the ramp is built, you also have to have that ramp inspected so that it meets the code. And if you do build a ramp, it's not going to be probably as portable, number one, because it's wood, but if you build a permanent ramp, it's going to comply with ADA. Now we kind of touched on ADA. What is ADA? It means that you need a foot of ramp for each one inch of rise. So if you had built a permanent ramp for four steps, you would likely have to take up, you know, 30 feet of your yard and likely have platforms with uh, uh, switchbacks or turnarounds, they call them on it. So you can have a a roller ramp in place much, much quicker. If you were, if you owned an apartment building or if you were trying to make somebody, something else accessible where didn't need to be there, then there would be no reason to go through that that building permit process, uh, especially in these days where people need things in a, in a really close timeline. But repurposing that ramp is also a great point, Jennifer, because with wood, if you do have it, I know for a fact that you do have to have somebody come in and then take down the ramp, and you would also incur disposal fees, because when you sell the home or when you Somebody buys the home, they'll likely would want the ramp taken down, so that's an added expense. Where aluminum, you can easily sell that just for the material if you wanted to, but also regift it or repurpose it for another ramp system at another home. So, two very good points there.
0: And we had talked a little bit about the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, so that was put into place, so in passed, but even. Yep. So President Yep Bush signed that, signed that into action. But anyway, there there's a lot of a lot of places that are still not accessible. It's you know interestingly and ironically enough, and so that's and some older buildings and old cities, um, they they have exemptions from building a ramp because of uh the building is old enough. But this is so they don't want to change the structure, but. This is something that you know. Having a roller ramp is uh, kind of quick, portable access. So you're providing access to a business without having to change the you know old structure of the
1: exactly of the building. Yeah, I know there's a few places in Tombstone here that they don't have their put a ramp in because of the structure. So maybe a roller app would be the ticket for them. Who knows?
0: Right on. And they're missing out. I mean, the thing is, businesses who don't who are not accessible, they're missing out on a customer base. And so that's just, you know, can be another topic for another day. But, you know, businesses might say, well, there's nobody in wheelchairs who come here. Yeah. Well, Brad, it's like, and Greg, well, maybe you would go there if you could get in the door maybe you want to go to that restaurant but you can't because it's not accessible so that's well, you know
2: yeah it, they're grandfathered in so they don't have to have put a ramp in and you know 88 <coughs> has a lot of deficiencies businesses new businesses don't even have to put in door openers if they don't want to i went i went i've been to many new businesses and i wonder no why aren't there door openers but that actually is a voluntary action
1: yeah, they uh, don't have. ADA. They don't to. As long as the door is thirty six inches wide, that's okay. You know, they don't have to pull like the doors in. So.
2: Well, we should probably get back and and kind of touch a little bit more, so people are a little bit more comfortable with selecting a ramp uh, for length. We've kind of touched on it a little bit, and one thing to note too is we do have a ramp calculator on the Ramp website at rollaramp.com, where you will, you will look at the column that best describes your use. For example, I'm in a power wheelchair. And then you will look at that column and all you need is the height distance of your location. So you'll put in 12 inches or 24 inches and then you'll go across and the column will simply tell you, you need a ramp of, of this length. And so charts can be very helpful in determining the length of a ramp. But if you're uh, on your own, uh, make sure that when you do call these establishments that you are providing them with your total rise distance and how you plan to use the ramp. Very important because the ramp that I need to get up myself is not the same ramp for Brad as we discussed. There's some easy ways to to calculate um, a general idea as we've discussed. Uh, And in most cases, the ramp does not need to be the 88 length, which would be a foot of ramp for each inch of, inch of rise, which is going to save, is going to save a lot. So most ramps are going to be between half as long and two thirds as long as an 88 ramp.
0: So Brad, do you have any more questions for us? Uh, It's been great to be here today. Um, Thank you for having us as a guest on your podcast and to, to talk about how the roll ramp can meet ramp access needs for our listeners.
1: I suppose it varies the price in prices and how long and how wide the, the ramp is, correct? It varies, prices vary?
0: You know, it can vary a lot, and it's I, I don't want to just throw a number out there because somebody might hear um, X dollar amount, and then they're focused in just on that. Um, but the, the cost will vary based on if you need a three-foot ramp for a curb all the way up to a 20-foot ramp with handrails. And we, you know, we want to focus on the need rather than just the price. Um, because if somebody, you know, maybe goes online and they look at, oh, here's the cheapest ramp. But maybe the cheapest thing is not the right solution. So... And
1: it's really not, maybe not the safest delusion either.
2: Well, and one thing too, Brad, that I tell people is that i nobody has ever called and said they ordered a ramp that was too long. And that is one thing to be very aware of that most people think that they can get by with a much, much shorter ramp because it's not that they're a dumb people. It's just that the concept of a slope angle. Uh, is a difficult one if you don't if you don't know it and essentially if we have the two factors if we have the height and if we know how you plan to use the ramp that two factors give us the ability to then just calculate what length that ramp should be and so it's pretty easily done it's not a daunting task if we just have a few photographs and some initial information we can quick, quickly get you into the right length of ramp and based on the Piece of equipment you're using, the length as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying this uh, this um, podcast today. It's been very informative, so I want to thank you both. And uh, something that that uh, I learned a lot today, I didn't I didn't know how you guys really have everything calculated out right down to the last little bit. If anybody's interested out there, please please um look on the website and these are great maps. So I'm really impressed with the product. We they came a long way since I first was working with them, so it looked pretty good. So
2: well and I would also encourage people to pick up the phone or drop a line drop an email wherever you are looking for a ramp I encourage you to ask the questions make sure the people that are that you're talking with are asking the right questions because uh, now that you have a little bit of knowledge you kind of got a head start in what what to look for and so you won't be caught in a situation where you're being sold a ramp that is much too short for for what you actually need so that's important Thank
0: you. Well, and if you'd like to chat with myself or Greg, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, we, we do free evaluations. Um, you can call us, email us. We'll look at your photos and we'll, we'll talk through situations with you um, at no cost. Uh, we do have a toll-free number, 1-866-883-4722. You could also email sales at rolleramp.com or marketing at rolleramp.com. And Bradley, he would love to chat with you also, too, um, right? He, he loves to chat with his listeners and would love to give you his own um, personal personal experience with the ramp. Um, so, Brad, how, how can listeners reach you?
1: They, they can get a hold of me at bgmarlborough at gmail.com or my home phone number is 701
2: and there's also these numbers also will be at the end of the podcast, uh, folks. So if you didn't jot them down, get a pen ready because we have them. Uh, we have them at the at the close of the podcast as well. So feel free to reach out with Brad. He's always always happy to listen. And uh, if you have any other comments too on maybe what what type of subjects you'd like to see on future podcasts, you can email us that as well.
0: All right. All right. Well, Thank you, everyone. See you next time.
2: Yep. yep. Thank you, Brad.
1: Yep. You're welcome. Thanks, guys we hope you learned something today if you would like to speak to a with a ramp expert please call roll ramp to chat with Greg Kathy or Jennifer we do not charge for for evaluations typically all we need are measurements and a couple of photos of the area where you need a ramp in, in, we can make a recommendation based on your individual needs. For, for more information, please contact Roll Ramp at 1 883 4722 or the North Dakota local number is 1 701 277. 9471 and you can contact me Brad Gabrielson at area code 1-701-252-8560 or my email address is bgmarborough at gmail.com Thank you and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal sponsored by Roller Ramp This podcast features Brad Gabrielson who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Roller Ramp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. Special thanks to Dopey T for his original music. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.